Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about what, Saul? Well, I haven't quite figured out the name, but it's players, characters, and stats. Players, characters, and stats, or just characters and stats? Characters and stats, I think I'm going to go with. We're talking about players role-playing their character, right? And sometimes you have a situation where a player is, what is it, has the abilities that the character has, and that's easy to role-play, right? But what happens if the character in the game is either less charming, less intelligent, or more intelligent or more charming than the player. Everybody in real life has certain skills that they have. And, it's, you know, not everybody is good at, great at everything. So some players might not be really good at being charming and being whatever that entails. The face of the group. Right. Okay. And then there's the the smart people who are really smart and they're playing a dumb character. Or at least, you know, in their, the character, their, stat. their stat is low. So I think usually it's probably easier to play lower than you are. You know, though sometimes most people like take it too far. Like if they play a, uh, a you know, the, the the stereotypical dumb warrior, you know, they make an og og says this, you know, like something out of a movie. Yes, but also the those people when they're playing a, a character that has a lower intelligence or lower lower charisma than they do, sometimes the, that's the character that comes up with the solution to the problem, which always makes me go. Well, if you're playing this guy, why are you giving the solution also? Cause right. You do run into those situations where, like, I wonder if you have, if the character has the ability to come up with the idea that you just did as a player. I mean, and you, you, you really run into a really weird slippery slope kind of thing. Because I remember one time one of my players was, was a... I thought he was a fighter, but he might have been a cleric. It doesn't he matter. He was a cleric. And and we're, they were coming up with some device. I could, I could only think of it. Contraption. It was and, a siege weapon, I believe. No, I don't think. I don't remember or what it was. something le- with leverage. Yeah, it was something to do with leverage. And and he's coming up with this idea about about pumps and, and pressure. And and I'm like, and I, I stopped the game. And I go, well, would your character? And then the, the player goes, oh, yeah, it's super easy. You know, it's. I go, and then you go, and everybody knows this. I go, and I was thinking to myself, I don't even if I know if I vocalized it, but I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> That's what happens when you play with an engineer. So what do you think? You think, is that a, a big deal or you think? Uh, well, I think that it brings you into the realm of metagaming right. and also into the realm of is the, is the GM going to allow that kind of thing, right? Right. Like if you're playing a, you're, the whole reason we're talking about this is you read something about somebody having a, a conversation about playing with really, really smart people. And they were supposed to, their stat in intelligence was really high, but their GM wouldn't let them do what they wanted to do. Well, the problem is he couldn't figure out a puzzle that he put in front of him. And so he was like, oh, I can't figure this out. And he was supposed to be the smartest person in the in the party, the, the character. Yes. Because he was a mage and he had a high intelligence. He's like, I can't figure out this puzzle. I can't figure out this puzzle. And he felt intimidated because he was playing with a bunch of PhD guys who were right. like looking at him, like expecting him to be able to figure it out. So, so yeah, that's exactly. So the dumb fighter comes by. He goes, okay, here's, here's what we do. <laughs> Figures it out. So he felt a little bit intimidated. And, and you know, it's really hard to play to play outside what you know, right? How do you do that? You know, I think. But, but, but if you're if you have a really high intelligence stat, part of the game is 
you're using your stat to figure stuff out right. by rolling the dice to see if you succeed. Well, that that that's that's if usually that that'll happen if the game you're playing has the mechanics to do that kind of stuff, right? If if that's been taken into account and you have that to fall back on, right? You know, well, you know what? I'm I can't figure this out myself, the player. But my character shouldn't be able to figure it out because of this or that, right? And he has this stat, and you're like, okay, so you could fall back to a stat roll or something like that to to figure things out instead of just relying slow, slowly, solely on the player's ability to figure something out. Well, yeah, because you're role playing, right? You're 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 supposed to be a different person than who you are. So, well, exactly. Like even even the idea of fighting or or being a warrior. You know, even if you're a dumb warrior, right? You still have this incredible skill with a sword. Right. And then not only that, but you, your character has a better understanding about weapons and fighting than most people do in real life, right? Unless, you know, you take fencing and then there's people out there who actually take swordsmanship and stuff like that. But the group of people that do that and play games is probably, you know, well, it's probably more than the general population because with the SEA and all those other yeah. things. But for the most part, I think most people don't have any idea of how heavy armor is and how difficult it is or how easy it is, depending on your perspective. Or how hard it is to get on. Too hard to get in or to even swing a, you know, a eight Lift your arm. pound sword over and over again for like three or four minutes. Because chainmail's heavy. Well, chainmail, even leather. I mean, it's going to, it's going to, you know, it's cumbersome. Everything's going to be, you know, different than what you know. Unless you actually tried leather armor and chain mail and stuff like that, you know. But I think most people, even well, people who play role playing games, don't have that perspective. It right? depends on who they know, because I mean, Ian made his own chain mail, right? Yes. And so we've seen him try to put it on when we've gone to the <laughs> Renaissance Fair. That stuff is heavy. Well, he's also a small guy, right? I mean, well, a, a thin, he's, thin he's guy. wiry. Well, okay, yeah, but he's he's not very he's not a brute, he's not a muscle no. guy. So right, him trying to put on his own chainmail, you could see that it's pretty difficult because it's freaking heavy, and it's only like it's not even a chain shirt, right? It's just like the headpiece. It, well, no, it was the whole shirt. The, oh, he had yeah, a whole yeah. shirt. I don't remember that part. Oh yeah, yeah, and he couldn't wear it all day. No, because it was too heavy. Too heavy. He got tired. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. There's the experience that your character has that you don't, right? Right. And then there's 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 the ability of the player to try to role play the character and what the character knows. And that's always been a little that that fuzzy area, right, of role playing whether you're well, my character should be able to do this even though I have no idea of how to do it. Well, and it's also really hard to role play certain ways like um the one game that I thought about it because we're going to be playing in Mike's game again. And Jim plays a character who he calls Spanky, oh, yeah. who's this little kid, right? He uses a little kid voice. <laughs> Is he a little kid? <laughs> I don't know. If, no, he's not. The character's not a little kid. Okay. But Jim plays it as he's a, he's a, uh, he's not a gnome. He's a hobbit. He's a, ha- a halfling. He's a, he's a halfling. Right. And so he talks in this little squeaky voice, right? He does it really well because he gets really into the character. Yes. And then he'll break character every once in a while and start laughing in his normal laugh, which is a deep laugh, right? Right, right. And then he'll go back into the character. But to do that, it takes... To be able to stay in character all the time is is a hard thing. It takes a lot of commitment, yes. Right. And so you have to... But 
being able to do it is also rewarding for the role playing aspect of the game. But yes. being able to role play that you're that you're a genius or something, I mean, you'd have to have someone to a genius to copy. Like <laughs> you'd have to think like Sheldon or something. And and you know Sheldon may be a genius, but he's not necessarily smart about um, interacting with people. Yeah. So when when I was thinking about this, I also thought about what is it? Uh, Pendragon, right? Pendragon doesn't have an intelligence stat because it's basically say, well, the player is the person who's controlling it, and it's gonna be as smart as the player is. So that's kind of like a meta gaming uh, aspect to the game, but everybody, you know, but it's a fantasy game, and you know, a lot of people have seen or read stories about. Knights of the Round Table, and it's a very specific type of game, right? It covers it covers a sp- very specific genre, which is this romanticized, uh, what is it, uh, courtly love type of stuff, and and mimics Arthurian legend game. I mean, when and you- wax out history completely, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly, so we're it's not trying to be historical, but it's trying to be what is it? It's trying to be True to the, to the legend, to the, the Arthurian source. sources, right, right? Which also brings into all of the the courtly, not only courtly love, but the way that you um, honor and different things, oh, knightly, course, right. knightly ideals, right? The knightly you know, that the, weren't ex- actually at that particular time period when they're playing the game, but <laughs> came along later. But they've put them in there, so it makes it an interesting mix. Well, like I said, it has nothing to do with historical. It has to do with idea of of what is it uh, dealing with the novels or the the stories yes. of of, of our, our King Arthur. In that game, there's no intelligence stat, so your the player and the character have the exact same intelligence, right? Because you're stuck with your own intelligence, and there's no stat to fall back on. And I think that is a curious one because I've never really dealt in that game anything that was. Had to do with intelligence. Well, you know that that it, it became a problem, right? But it's oh, a and it shouldn't be a problem for that game because it doesn't matter if your knight is smart or or dumb. <laughs> you can be yourself. Yes, it's true. Because they're knights, right? So they they've learned all of the things as they've been taught, and then they're gonna go and and. Well, I was just thinking, like, let's say, and it's a low magic uh, setting too. There has always been that that story out there where. Either by spell or by potion, somebody drinks a potion and they're smarter than they actually are, right? The character. Let's say they have a, I don't know, a regular intelligence and they take a potion. Now their intelligence is 30, right? And whatever that means. Right? Like, let's say we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons, where the normal number for at least the old, well, let's say the normal human norms is like 20, right? That's pretty much the maximum you can be in. Uh, Yes, right. More or but less. But the but the average person is like twelve, right? Well, average is twelve. Actually, the average is ten, and then you go from there. But you take this potion, or somebody throws a spell on you, and all of a sudden you have an intelligence of thirty. That only works if if there's something <laughs> you can do with it, and <laughs> if your GM allows it. And so what I was thinking is like, let's say that ki- that player now he doesn't have a thirty intelligence, or or you know, how do you role play playing a person who is. Suddenly knows everything. Well, that, they may not know everything, but they definitely know quite a bit. They know how they could figure things out. And I think when you have players in that situation, sometimes it's hard for them to come up with stuff that is relevant to what they're 
their new gift that they have, right? That's when you 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 pause the game for a couple minutes and you you say, "I need to um, I need to take a break. I need to get something to drink." And then you talk to all of your fellow players <laughs> and you say, "What can we do with this intelligence that we have for this certain amount of time?" Right? Right. And then you collectively come up with ideas. Right. That way, you don't have to rely upon only your brain. Well, that that's a good idea. Yeah, I, I like that one. But, you know, I remember I've heard stories and, and I, I can't place them where I heard them from. But but there was this one story where something like that happened and the character got uh, an intelligence boost. And he's trying to figure things out of what he can and can't do. He come up with this big hole, right? This huge hole in the ground or tunnel or whatever. Oh, I have this great intelligence. I should figure out how deep it is. So he grabs a rock and he says he throws it over the edge of this pit and then he counts numbers to see how long it takes for it to hit the ground or hit anything it finally does and then the, he goes well can i figure and he asks the gm well can i figure out how far this hole is and the gm goes no well, <laughs> and like, then I, as a player i would say well of course i can because that's how they figure stuff out sometimes right <laughs> i've seen it in star trek <laughs> the, the, indiana jones could have done that <laughs> it seems like it's plausible right I it mean, is if you know but how do you know how fast something falls, right? Well, Augustine could tell Only you. Only through experience, though, <laughs> I'm thinking. Well, Augustine could tell you from physics how fast stuff falls. And then you could extrapolate from there. Yeah, but I guess the, the, the problem is you wouldn't know physics, right? Would you? Would you instantly be able to figure things out like that if we just intelligence was 30? Yeah, I don't know. Then I would figure if your intelligence was 30, then, you would know physics. Then then there's the other one, right? Then there's like, the, let's say you have a player who's who's a little shy, right? And they're playing a charismatic player. Now that is hard to do. Now that's tough because what do you do in that case? I'm, I'm guessing if the, like I said before, if the rules are pretty decently written, there's something in the rules that will help you deal with that situation. And usually it comes down to a die roll, but, but you don't want to have die rolls dictate the no. total game, right? No, but if you're, and, and we have seen that. And in fact, a lot of gamers have a hard time with the, with that being the face, either they, they really like to play that or they're like, you know, Ian likes to play that, likes to play the, the really intelligent, really charismatic character. Right. He wants to be the one talking to people. Right. But then he also wants to play a tiefling and people who get scared of tieflings. Right. right. When, when they walk into town or, you know, right. so, so because they look like devils, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so you, you, you choose to be a very charismatic tiefling and then you walk into town and nobody wants to talk to you because you're a tiefling. Right. So that makes it harder to express yourself and become the, the, the only word I can think of is face of the group. Right, I know right. that's from yeah. a different, a different genre. It fits the, what is it? The front man. Yes. Uh, mm. The negotiator, yeah. whatever you want to call it in, in the group. Back in the old days, we didn't need a face because we didn't talk to anything. We just <laughs> killed everything. Right. Like the, there's that joke, you know, that he goes, "Why are you talking to my experience?" Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I always think of it as, you know, you're walking into this town, especially with my group of people. I got <laughs> these fighters that are, you know, like it's a, a dwarf who's like a, a barbarian dwarf, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's the real charmer, the, real these, charmer. These thieves that are with me that are aren't called They're thieves called anymore. Rogues. They're called rogues. But they don't. Sometimes they want to talk to people, but more often they just want to pick their pockets. So it's a it's a and then you know if you don't have a noble person who is used to talking to people in the in the group <laughs> then you have to rely upon either the tiefling or you know one of the fighters or 
then you you fall back on the cleric right as the as the oh, person yeah. talking so depending on your group you might want to take this into consideration when you're making your character if you want to be the person out there talking you might want to have your charisma high and also not be a character that nobody wants to talk to right so, yes. so that's that's part of the the role playing the stat yeah yeah and I, I agree i think some people have that ability to some players have the ability to role play that role play some outside something outside that they are right if they're real smart people they can play dumb characters and and if they're and if their character is super smart genius level they can role play that out but you no know, not everybody has that what i think is also funny is that i also was was listening to a podcast and i forget which one it was but they were talking about how how easy it is to figure out or pretend that you could throw a fireball and imagine that but pretending that you're dumber or smarter than you actually are is like oh man that's totally hard so you're overthinking it right because i gotta tell you throwing a fireball is really cool (laughs) or a a lightning bolt right or a lightning bolt or telling your fellow gamers to not stand in a row and not stand right in front of you because and they know what you're gonna do after a while right i would hope so after you you know shoot a lightning bolt in her back a couple times i think they'd learn yeah yeah so another thing is i remember uh, not too long ago one of my one of my players I'm running a, a an alternate history western, and and it, it takes place a little bit after what would have been the Mexican American War, but in this case, uh, Mexico keeps hold of their territories, so Texas and all that area is uh is owned or whatever you want to call it is is Mexican, it's still part of Mexico Mexican territory or Mexican land, and the character that he saw he wanted it, he wanted these abilities, right, but one of one of the skills that he would had to forego was was the language right and i'm like well okay you speak your native language cuz he's native american and and i go but the everybody else speaks spanish no matter what i mean everybody speaks two languages usually their native language unless they're mexican and then they speak spanish already and then usually you, they give you another language that you could speak at, at a certain level uh this is a a, a homebrew of a 5th edition game and so I told him, well, because there was these two abilities that he really liked. And usually you pick one and the other one is a language. Because I wanted these two cool abilities. Well, that means you're not going to have Spanish, which means how are you going to communicate with people? I told him, well, you know enough of Spanish to be able to say things, right? But the problem, you know, and we worked it out because I, I wanted to be able to, for him to play, to have the character that he wanted. So he goes, okay. He goes, I go, so the problem is, is that, People are not going to be, you, you're able to speak Spanish, but people are not going to be understand you. So, so how do we do that? And then he's like, he's like looking at me or, or actually it's the emails and so we're talking. Well, actually it was on Zoom. And I go, how about this? How about, how about you talk in metaphors? That way you could say some crazy ass, crazy ass stuff. And people will like take that, well, however they want to interpret it. And he goes, what are you talking about? Well, you know, and so my example was, Hey, do you know anybody who would steal or kidnap this lady, Miss Jones, right? And your answer would be, the grass is just greener on the other side of the fence. The other players are going, what the hell does that mean, right? And so sometimes you'll say a metaphor that actually might apply. 
And sometimes it'll be so crazy that they won't understand, which is the whole intent of the thing. So everybody, and his name is Mo. His name is a really long name because it's Native American, but they just shorten it to Mo because it's, you know, so we don't have to pronounce the name or butcher it. The group is always having a discussion. They're like, well, Mo knows a lot because he's Native American and, has, and knows a lot about this area. He goes, but can we get the information out of him? Right? Which is okay because we just interpret whatever he says. In their own way. Yes. And just keep going. Right? I believe I believe he wants us to do this. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's what happens. They, he says something. This is what he means. And then everybody has their own interpretation. And whatever, you know, they they figure out which one he they think he really means. And then they go with that. So I think it was fantastic. I mean. It, it was really frustrating for him, though. Well, I think at, it was. At one point. At first, it was really frustrating. But I think once he got to the idea of talking in metaphors. And sometimes I told him. Just make stuff up, you know, just make crazy, make some poetry out there. And because he's kind of really artistically talented, my nephew, he really dug into this, you know, got into the, the character, metaphor. the metaphor, right? It's been really fun and frustrating for the my fellow, his fellow players, but. Not really frustrating, just hilarious because usually you know what he's what what's happening because right. you're you're metagaming there, so but then you can just you know role play. Uh, this is what I think he means. Yes, so. yes, it does that too. There's the metagaming aspect. So that you know, I thought that was interesting. I mean, that's playing, that's heavily playing into the idea of you not being able to communicate well with your other players. You know that there was a, I think it was on on Happy Jack's podcast they were talking about. You know, a player role playing a, a, a person who couldn't talk, or role playing a, a person who was blind. And uh, wow, I don't know how do you do that? That would be real difficult, and I probably wouldn't want to touch that kind of subject. But, but like, if you don't know exactly how to role play something, it's probably something you should talk to your GM and see, you know, if it's going to work and how you're going to deal with that situation. And so that that leads to my next uh, point is when you come up with with these situations where characters are. Or have these weird abilities. Like it usually happens with uh, like games that where you get hindrances, or uh, they call them different names in different games, but disadvantages or hindrances, and and sometimes players when they make a character, they're like, oh, I'll take this because it gives me like a lot of points, but then they don't really look at the fine print and the, how that's going to impact the character. And so, as a GM, we've always tell you. Look at your players' characters before you let them play, because during game the GM might remember, oh, he has this hindrance, and you give him that, you bring it out of the blue, and you smack that character down because of the hindrance, and they're like, whoa, whoa, what's what's it? You know, I didn't know it was going to be like that. So that's that's why you should talk to him about what hindrances are, or or having a really low ability in a stat. That happened to me with a couple of players. I didn't look at their characters, and all of a sudden I'm like, whoa. I go, I was like, how? I figured out that they had, they had made a dumb stat of like eight or something on their character. I'm like, well, that's dumb. And and once I figured out that they had a low w- wisdom, wisdom, you know, I was like, oh, they, you know, you guys are going after priests, so they have whole person, and good luck getting out a whole person. And it was really frustrating for that character, man. So I was like, it was kind, I was kind of like teaching them a lesson, but I shouldn't have done that. Just, I should have been just straightforward with them. I go, you know what? I really don't like people who mini max that way. You're getting a big benefit out of it, and you're not really role playing an unwise person. And the only way I can bring that up is by you know, throwing spells that will greatly hinder you. And I don't want you just being held all day because you can't make a wisdom save. 
because it's really difficult when you have like a negative two to your to your role that's one thing that can happen is that when you have that situation is you should talk to your players you should look at your player's character sheet and say you know what this is how i think it's going to impact your character in game do you really want that to happen do you either accept that and say okay so when when you're playing role playing this character if there's a, a brainstorming session you're going to have to be quiet as far as coming up with ideas that are really wise or intelligent or whatever if there is a if you're at a courtly party and your charisma is like eight you may not want to go to that courtly party if the care if the party really needs something done at that party right because you may not be the best one to send in and and deal with the situation no matter how good your pickpocket skills are right Yes, having a little charisma is not always the best thing when you're trying to talk to people. <laughs> trying to talk to people. So, I mean, and this happens in other games, too. I mean, I remember uh, in space opera and stuff, uh, I, there was characters who were, like, really uh, really adept. You know, they were really killing machines, but they lacked social graces, right? And so... But if you think about it, that's part of the whole role-playing experience, right? That's true. It's role-playing uh, things that you don't know. So there's also that, though. There's also not knowing how to how how things work we ignore that kind of stuff all the time well, we talked about you know, how heavy armor is and how it is to fight in armor and as a player most players probably don't have any experience in fighting in armor whether it's just chainmail or leather and swinging a, a non-lethal but heavy i don't know how swords are how heavy swords are anyway i mean they, i think they're at least five to eight pounds it probably depends on the sword well there's that but yeah it could be 12 pounds right if it's a big old huge claymore two-handed sword or something yeah or a pole arm i don't think 12 pounds seems like a lot 12 pounds sounds like a lot but those things are freaking heavy well depending on how they're made right i think when you're role-playing a situation where you're not really the player doesn't have that ability or or knowledge or knowledge i think a lot of games will fall back to stats and i think that's that's plausible i think that's a really good way you could still ask well what are you trying to do or how are you going to go about it and then the player will say something i'm like oh okay just so you don't always fall back to us to a die roll which is not really role playing well and if you're playing a, a warrior or something especially like a, a knight or something you can always watch movies read books about it and I'm not saying you have to do that at the gaming table. I'm just saying that <laughs> most likely in your lifetime you have done that. So you can fall back on those kinds of things, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. To, to figure figure how get into the into the genre. And mean? it depends on what the genre is, too. Like uh, um, D&D, you can watch Lord of the Rings. And although they don't go together, I'm sure I'm, I can say that you can watch it and get an idea of what it's like to be out in the middle of nowhere adventuring, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, it's like if you never played John Carter Mars, you go you go watch the movie, and it's really good for getting you in that genre. I wouldn't say go watch D and D the movie. Or no, D&D. Um, <laughs> it's a terrible movie. I wouldn't movie. say that either. But um, if you're playing a space a space game, you can watch you know really boring space movies or really exciting space movies, depending on on what you want it. Your well, there's different types like. of space movies, right? There's Outland and your favorite 2001 Space oh Odyssey. Oh, my God. Or there's, you know, and then and there's The Expanse and then TV show. And then there's like Star Wars, right? There's Battle Beyond the Stars, you know, which is a really cheesy movie from the 80s, I think. Totally trying to rip off Star Wars, but with a m- much less budget. Anyway, so th- even within a huge uh, science fiction genre, there's little genres that you can 
pick out and say, oh, like, for example, oh, we're going to play Traveler. Okay, well, what's what's that like if you've never played Traveler? Well, my game is kind of like Firefly or The Expanse, that kind of game. And they're like, oh, okay. That gives you an idea of, of what... What, what the, the abilities are, or the genre allows. Right, right. And you can do that with... Because like, you can either have Warp Drive or you can have gates like in babylon 5 huh? gates and then there's uh, well, there's jump drives too yeah though i don't know if there's a movie that has jump drives what does a star wars have hyperspace hyperspace <laughs> which is kind of like babylon 5 without gates yes yes you have hyperspace <laughs> uh drive engines so there you go so you can come up with ideas and and figure things out without so when you're not at the gaming table you can figure things out and then when you are at the gaming table you'll kind of have an idea of how to play the character. Right, right. And I think that's what it is, is, you know, when you are, when you have this situation, I think where your, your player doesn't have the ability or when the character is, is either smarter or, or less, whatever it is, the situation. I think as a GM, I would say, okay, well, well tell me what you're going to do or try to do or what you're trying to do and role play that out. And then if, if, if the person doesn't do a great job or, or whatever we're not all actors right so we can try our best and give it a go and then fall back to that die roll if if the person the player doesn't do a good job of mimicking or, or, or doing doing the or even if they don't do a good job of right. it you can still let them you can always let them roll right or or you can just let them let it work because <laughs> they're having fun right well there's that there, you're right i mean that was one of the uh, i forgot to talk about that but I think the whole point of the game is to have fun, and if and that's something that we always should have in the back of their mind is is this going to be fun for the character now for the player, and if the answer is no, then I would say be very careful about about saying no, about not letting them do things, but at the same time they can't be successful all the time, so that, you know that's why the dice come out to limit that, you know, to have that that chance. The when, randomness. The randomness, yes. When things may or may not go, right? And when it's a real touch-and-go situation, that's when the dice come out. And uh, I think, and like I said, if the person doesn't have the ability or whatever, the player, I think a die roll is, is definitely the way to go. And a good rule set, that you, a good, decent rule set should have have that ability to deal with that, those situations. There you go. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day. <laughs>